winter. Hello and welcome to What We Do in the Winter. This is the 69th episode in the series of podcasts from the Isles of Mull, Iona, Gulva, Gulva, Alva, Gometra and Erid. I'm Alistair Satchel, I live outside of Dervig in the north of Mull and I'll be your host today. I hope this finds you well and happy wherever and whenever you happen to be. This is a conversation with Alistair MacIsaac MacLean of Tobermory. Alistair is 84 years old and lives at the back of the main street in Tobermory in a building which used to be a bakery where he worked as a young boy. He's lived a very full life, having held an incredible variety of jobs over the years. In our chat, we cover his early years in Tobermory and Bridge of Weir, memories of Aris House and the treasures of the walled garden, life on the pier in Oban, being wrecked in the Sound of Isla, bands and comedians of the past who paid a visit to Tob, his national service, the construction of Craigneur Pier, his work on fishing boats, and much, much more. We recorded this episode sat in the shade on a very sunny day in the courtyard outside of Alistair's home on the 16th of June 2023, so you can hear the odd seagull, fly, and car alarm here and there. Before we get into things, as a side note, there's a whole load of new What We Do in the Archive episodes out on our SoundCloud page, which don't come out on the main podcast feed, apart from that one time we put them on there by mistake and then they came off again very quickly, sorry. These are recordings from gatherings and fireside chats from the 70s and 80s with people long gone. The most recent ones feature talks from Dr. Flora MacDonald, Hilda Leslie and Johnny MacDonald Kilfinnigan. I also have a new podcast series out, which some of you may be interested in, called Down the Back of the Seats, with my good friend Ellen Mainwood of Campbellton Picture House. We talk about funny stories from cinemas and public spaces, and invite the listeners to write in with their own tales. It's a lot of fun to record, and can be found on all the usual podcast platforms. In contrast to what we do in the winter, where I try and pull myself out of it as much as possible to give the, the speaker the most focus, I'm quite a lot more present in it, and some of the tales are, well, how should we say, quite fruity. Also, if you have a moment, could you please leave a rating or review on whichever platform you use to listen to what we do in the winter? It just helps to give the podcast more traction and to make it visible to a wider range of people, so thank you to those of you who have already done so. I greatly appreciate it. Right, that's enough havers from me, and now I hand you over, with great pleasure, to Alistair McLean. Who are you? I'm Alexander McIsaac. We're clean. <laughs> McIsaac? Now, where's that one from? Uh, that one? My mother was from Ewes. She was a McIsaac. Okay. And it's my grandfather's name, I, you know, Alexander McIsaac. Ah, north or south Ewes? North Ewes, Hogary. Hogary, okay. Uh, at a cottage across. I was only out once when I was about three years old. And do you remember it? I remember being out there, eh? What was it like? Oh, it was great, you know. I remember the smell of the beach. You were always on the, on the beach and that. Of course. I was only, I don't know, age, I'd be three years old or something like that. Three, four. Aye. Aye. And, and my brother and my sister. <laughs> ah! Who, so who are your brother and sister? Are they still with us? No, they're dead, too. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Aye. Were they younger or older than yourself? And my sister, she would have been... She was 86 when she died. I'm going on 84 now. That's very good going. And my brother, he died when he was going on 70. Oh. <coughs> that was a, a few, quite a number of years ago. That was about, you know, John and Harry. And oh, yeah. He, that was their father. 
okay. Shane McLean's. Ah, right, right. And so he was here. Was your sister here as well, or? Yeah, she was here until about, I don't know what age she would have been, about, I was 16, about 22. Okay. Then she went away to Glasgow. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, of course, she met her husband there, Hamilton, actually, he was from. She said, oh, should I keep my kids too, she Brilliant. So it was three boys and five girls. <laughs> my goodness. Married to a Catholic, of course. <laughs> a very fertile <laughs> bunch. That's <laughs> great. So, uh, and there's the McLean Strand as well. Where do your McLeans come from? Now, we're the same with the Smitty crowd, you know. The... Oh, okay. So you were at Penmore Mill going way back. That's right, yeah, yeah. Gosh, so... My, fa my father was a full cousin, so like Alistair's father and... Neil's father and that, you know, Smitty crew. Gosh. So, as my cousin used to say, we'd all all off, all go on. Yeah. And when did they come to Tobermory, your McLean's? Uh, I don't know when they would have come there. Mm -hmm. Were you, were you brought up, born and brought up in the oh, top? born and brought up in, in the Red Bull beside the Missionish, the Red, the... Portmore? Portmore place, eh? Right up the top, and the, looking at it from the front and the left on the left hand side. Eh? Right, okay. It was only a big, you know, one of the big the old style kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Scullery, with yeah. a Belfast sink with one cold water tap, yeah. and a wee bedroom. And the range was in the kitchen, come sitting room, where they cooked. Uh -huh. In good weather, you know. If not, smoke would be belching down at you. Know? Aye, yeah. But she. Kaya, my mother brought three of us up there until she died, of course. Oh, I'm sorry. I was six years old when she died. Oh. And of course, my father was in the army by then, you know, 1939 I was born. And that's when he got shoved into the army for the Second World War, you know. Of course, yeah. And he, went out, he went to Freshwater Nile of White, he was along with, with uh, artillery. Right. He's a gunner with artillery. That was a bad place, seemingly, but the planes used to come in over all the time. And yeah. Uh, I think he was in the search reach when he was there. Yeah. And was he there for the whole war, or was he away in... No, he got posted to Norway from there after that. Gosh. So he was out in Norway when all this was going on, when my mother was sick, you know. And oh, God. He was getting compassionate leave now and again. Oof. He got compassionate leave at the end, but we were taken away to an army. When she went into hospital, was nobody had room for us, you know, if there was three of us. So. Any of the relations that were around here. I often wonder how they couldn't have slit us up and kept us here, you know. Yeah. So, where, yeah. Where did you go with the army then? Was it an army home or...? Ah, it was an army air force navy place. Mm -hmm. We were in there, I don't know how long we were in there, quite a few weeks. We were at school when we were in there and then we got moved to Corrier's Homes Bridge of Air. Okay. And we were there for three years. Okay. Until my father came out of the army. Gosh. And got settled again into work and that, you know. Yeah. And brought us home. By that time, of course, my sister was 15 years old and she wanted a way out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, what age was I? Nine and Donald would have been 11. Okay. What do you remember of Bridge of Weir? Do you, was it quite a nice place? Oh, it was quite, yes, yeah. it was good to know. Yeah, yeah. You hear a lot about the homes now, right enough. But yeah. 
Yeah. We, we, we were, you know, it was good. Yeah. Good house parents we had, you know. You got out to do anything you wanted, you know. So for, is it okay to ask about your mum then and can, what, what you remember of her and what oh, she was like? Can't remember much at all, funny really? that. Yeah. Like I was saying, when I was in US, mm. after that, you know, when she died and that, and we were sent away and the time I came up, I could hardly remember a thing. I remember looking at a photo and I said to my sister, I said, that's me up at the memorial, were you there? No, it's not me, she, she's actually her mother. She was her like as two fees, you know. Gosh. Uh, so I couldn't even, you know, remember the, at that age she yeah. was, you know. So you were nine when you came back here then? I remember, when I was in the home, I always remember the Lochinvar and the pier. Ah, and yeah. where we stayed, you know, three buildings along from the pier. I think that was rubbed into us when we used to go out on our own when we were young, you know. Yeah. I remember we you know, like when we first were out, you know, toddling yeah, about. Yeah, totally. But I always remember, and I always remember where I lived up, up this building. It was whitewashed then, I think it was. It was doer looking compared to what it is now, probably a red colour. Yeah. Well, it's my friend Fee that has that building now. Uh, it's Fiona Quarmby, my friend Fee, that, that has that building now. And it's, uh -huh. um, it's very bright. And, uh -huh. Yeah, well looked uh, They did a nice job with the flats too. Mm. Before I left, uh, Bobby got grants to do them all up in the great then. It was a smashing wee flat then. Yeah. Right. Ah, right. right. So was it part of the Mishnish um, ownership? Uh, when the... uh, eventually, when we were, when we had the kind of thing, we had the lease of it, whatever you call it. Yeah. Oh, no, my brother had it, and then of course he got married. I was left with <laughs> yeah. He got his own council house. Nice. And yeah, uh, uh, he Bobby up at that time. Bobby bought it up the bank, the Royal Bank that owned it. Okay. The Royal Bank was right down below the Port Moor, right down at the bottom. Oh, okay. But beat the Potter shop was there. Okay. That was the bank. Ah, right. I didn't know that. Uh, I don't suppose this, but there used to be bars in the window at the side. Maybe oh, I don't know whether they're still probably taken off now, right? But, uh, used to pass the windows going upstairs, you know, and they had bars there. For yeah. In case somebody broke it. <laughs> yes, uh, you know that's easy. Yeah, easy, easy pickings. The um, so I guess Charlie Hogg would have been around when you were we as well. Charlie Hogg and Ian Hogg were my mates. Ah, were they? Uh, uh, so what sort of nonsense did you used to get up to? What did you do? Oh, you went out and that was you out for the day more or less. You yeah. go way down the lighters and yeah. play around the air. And mm -hmm. Summertime, of course, you'd be swimming in, you know. Oh, really? trying to swim, we learned to swim down there. Where the bathing pool was? Uh-huh. Down the bathing boxes, yeah. Aye. Aye. And did you go fishing and things like that when you were a wee man as well? Aye, oh, aye. aye. We used to, Bobby used to lend the kids the boat, you know, the, the two rowing boats. You went to a town and you got the Rollocks, the horse were always in the boat. You always had to return the Rollocks, you know. That's quite cunning. Yeah. Ah, so, yes, you can have it if it's there. So, we would go in, way out from the lighthouse and we ought to stick something wrong, like, please. Really? Ah, <laughs> oh, that sense of freedom must have been. Round brilliant. the back of Calv and in the Doral, and you know. Wow. Yeah, was that only, not quite scary going round the back of Calv? We were only 10, we... 12 <laughs> year old then, you know. Oh. No, well, we enjoyed it. That's brilliant. And going up and down from the beach, we used to use them, you know, for when we were going swimming. Yeah. And the buckets of water. Just... Throwing <laughs> 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 the different boats, we'd be throwing the water at each other. Eh? 
And then we used to go over the hills, so we all got away in a kind of gang, you know, walk and it was, it was fun for someone to do, yeah. Was there anywhere that was quite special that you discovered and thought, this is ours? Up there, like I remember when I talked to Duncan McGilp, he talked about uh, a place he'd found in Aris Park that was his own. He felt it was his own uh-huh. new place. Uh-huh. Was there anywhere you felt like, ah, this is ours, this is our gang hut or our. Uh, not really, no. There's not many of the places, you know, it would go, you know. Yeah, aye. And did you go picking fruit and things like that as well? Used to go pinching it. <laughs> ah! So who's got. Aris Gardens was in the go then. Aris out the stilt. Our sounds were still trying to ah. push, and the people the island still stayed in it. You sneak in the back way we knew into the garden. Oh, it's a lovely garden, eh? Every yeah. fruit tree under the sun, you know. <laughs> All the berries, the berry bushes, you know. Fantastic. We wouldn't be a mess or anything. We'd just take what we auditing. You were uh, auditing uh, it. <laughs> uh, I don't think people mind as long as you didn't break branches and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so what what were the walled gardens like when they were... Oh, the... fantastic. Ah, great. Yeah. Walkways with the small hedges, you know. Yeah. Aye. And way up the top, when you, and I don't know if the entrance is still the same, I think it probably will be. To the left used to be all the, the strawberries, bram, yeah, the berries, all the berry fruit and that. It's quite a and space. And trees, right down the wall was pear trees and apple trees and damson, green gauges. Oh, very bitter. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, the, the gardener had the vegetable plot that was downtrade of the, the berries and that for the Cats. big house, you know. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever go into the big house at all? Do you remember it at all? Yes, oh, I. Wow. Yeah. What was the house like at Aris? Was it quite, was it scary? Was it foreboding? Was it kind of a welcoming place? Yeah, it was okay, yeah. Yeah. There was a place you go downstairs, you know, to get a thing. That would maybe be a heap of skis when we doing it ah, if you were young, but yeah, a big, big, large mirror, enormous mirror. It ended up in the McDonald Arms, but they had to hop it to get it in there. Really? Uh, I don't know if it's still. It probably still is. It used to be in the hole on the left hand side. Ah, gosh. That used to hang in the big hole in the, or not hang or fixed there in the big yeah. hole in the, in the Aris house. They used to hold a party for the local kids up there. Did they? Christmas time. Uh-huh. Ah. I can't remember being at a Christmas party, but probably when I was away, be, you know, that age group would been going then, right, you know. Yeah. My mother used to work there. Right. Uh-huh. And Nan Brown, Adam Brown's auntie, he, mm-hmm. she was there, because I've still got the photo in the house, the, mm-hmm. the gardeners and my mother and all the other, two, three other servants, you know. I was actually back home from Oban, looking back home here, and I was wanting for Johnny here. And this gang came to demolish the castle. I can't remember, but that was just before it was done. It must have been 1957, 58-ish, you know. Mm-hmm. And Johnny here got me a job helping up there. She shall get more money than I'm paying, you know. So. Yeah. I once I stripped all the slates and doors and all the good stuff inside. There were still paintings, big paintings on the walls and that. They sold a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Doors, lovely doors. You can imagine, you know, in the big yeah. house like that. They left it. Bought it up. I think it was the forestry, they bought it up. Yes. Yeah, they got the land, that's To right. demolish it, you know, but that, they left it a ruin and the Royal Engineers had to blow it up in the end. 
I remember seeing just the other day Shirley Pinder um, from Strong uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. formerly was. Um, she had pictures of of it, and she talked about climbing around inside the ruins as a wee uh-huh. girl and uh-huh. playing in the ruins. Yeah. Look, it looked incredibly dangerous. <laughs> there was an arch out the back with a, a clock bell bell tower we used to call it, and there was servants' quarters here too. I think it was a horseman that you know the mm-hmm. stables were in there and everything. And Alec Cow bought the arch, I don't know, or, or something else. I that part, the stable part and all that, so they couldn't demolish that, you know. They demolished mm-hmm. the big house, so that was still standing. Yeah. But in the end, he never did anything with it. And I think, was it John O'Hare bought it in the end? And he demolished it, and a lot of the stones lined up at Rockville. He was applying for a bottling plant for, yeah. I can't remember what it was for, but I've heard do the distillery or something, I don't know, but... Yeah. That was going to be the entrance way. Entrance, uh, but what was left, I think, was the, the engineers demolished that and all. So, when you were we, I've asked this question many times now, but it's always worth hearing the names from the past. Who were the big characters in the town? Who do you remember? always being excited or happy to see, or who were you kind of even afraid of? Who were the people that were around you thought, oh gosh, it's nice to see them, or oh, James, it's them. Well, I'm at the time, and with all the notaries, you know the... Yes. And the, who was the provost then? Provost Carmichael, I think it was, in my time. Uh-huh. And then you had, you know, Carl McLaughlin, his grandfather was one of the councillors. Uh-huh. Was there anyone in particular that you were very fond of catching up with, uh, friends of the family, or anyone at all? Yeah. There's a Colonel McLean, Colonel, Colonel Charles McLean, young Charles, lives in Tumorimori there. Okay. He's in McBrain's boat. Oh, yeah, okay. That's the grandfather, of course, would be. And he was a very gentleman, too, you yeah. know. Good morning, Alistair. It was always good to see you, you know. Speak, speak to me. I always said a few words for you. You've come down the back, but he's just beside Portmore. Seems to be coming out at the same time. Good morning, you yeah. know. Great man altogether. Yeah. And um, a, we've just lost in the last couple of weeks the brigadier John McFarlane. John. Uh-huh. Um, do you remember his family story? Yes. At all? Oh, I. Can yeah. you describe that? I worked, I worked in that shop. Did you? When I was a young fellow. What was that like? Oh, it was, was pretty old and damp and that, you know, yeah. in the back of the store. But, but the shop front, it was filled with everything under the sun. You could buy anything in there. Yeah. His father did the drapery end. Uh-huh. Everything, you know, hats, coats, oilskins, boots, yeah. wellettons. You name it, he got it. just mouthed it and he would go and find the food. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And another side, you came up the kind of... We now recorded on the opposite side was the grocery bit where Alec McNeil, he was the, and Kenny, Donald's brother, uh-huh. they did that grocery side. Uh, and that's when I was a, a message boy then. And uh, he used to go up the hill with big bags of messages and got the thing with a paraffin, you know, to the, to the yeah, houses. Yeah, of and course, yeah. With paraffin heaters and that, and he used to. Now in the shop, it was Kenny himself. Come on, I'll show you this when I started at first. You went up two, three steps, opened the door, and there was a big machine 
that made gas. Cool. Aye. Wow. I forgot about that until somebody started uh, talking about the uh, gas machines. Does anybody know about any old... Oh, it was Brian, I think, Brian. Ah. And... Uh, wow. How, and did, he, how he, did it work? He showed us, but, oh, he showed us at the time. I can't remember yeah. how, how they were done, you know. But. I've got a lovely um, set of recordings from uh, the Brigadier and his dad talking about the main street. And John, yeah, yeah, I've heard them. Aye. Oh, extraordinary! Great, the way they just—it's just—he was in the same class in school. Went through school together, John oh, and myself. Gosh, even when we were there, we used to meet. You know, some yeah, bump into each other. You know, aye. oh, he was—he always stopped and played just like his I father. Yeah, I really, um, yeah, I'm really sorry that I didn't get more time to talk to him. And uh -huh. we actually didn't meet in person; we only met online. Um, I watched his program. Uh, on BBC Alapa a few weeks ago there, and it was amazing to hear Tobermory Gaelic. Uh -huh. Beautiful, absolutely. Uh -huh. Did you have Gaelic yourself as well? We had before we went away, but we lost it when we were away. Oh no! My sister had a spat, still had a spatter in it, you know. Yeah. I could understand bits and pieces, Aye. you know. Yeah. All the swear was probably. Yes, <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. The, um, uh, and your your mum's Gaelic would have been really beautiful as well, North Uish. She'd use uh, Gaelic. Both of them, but that was it. In the house, it was Gaelic, Gaelic, Gaelic all the time. Oh. I suppose we were the same, you know, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that I can remember, right, you know. But yeah. When, we, when I came back, I remember the old folks saying, what have you done with your Gaelic? What, what have you done with your good Gaelic, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying, what are they talking about, you know? It's <laughs> yeah. the thing, it's yeah. around you, yeah. And... Um, so you, yeah, you grew up in Tob and away as well. Uh -huh. And uh, can you remember what was it like coming back to Tob Murray? Oh, fantastic, great. Yeah. yeah. What was the first thing that, that said, "Ah, I'm back, I'm home"? What was it? Was it the smell? Was it the was it the boats? What was it? Ah, I've seen the relations now, you know, the cousins and that. Mm. So the uncles, uh, there's two uncles, had yes, two. Oh, who were they? Yeah. Uh, uh, Old Huey McLean, he lived up beside the west in the wee cottage here. Lovely. But at first they were over at the end of the main street, the building that was demolished there. Oh, yeah, yeah, where the hydro is. Aye. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Graham's land they were in then. <sighs> when I came back, it was still, those families were all still there and that. And then yeah. They lived in the bottom. But, and Huey, the one brother wasn't married, he lived in half of the house. and. And Huey and the two sons and the daughter, the wife had died two years and years before that. They lived there and they were great with us, you know, the eh, Ina, the yeah. daughter, and Matthew and Donald, the, two, the sons. Grahamsland, uh, that's one, uh, obviously I know where it is, but um, what happened to it? Why was it demolished? I just, what do they call it? Um, Not fit for human habitation in the end, you know, type thing. Right. Their flat below certainly was anyway, I remember that. Really? Yeah. So he moved out and of course the other one at the other half, he was, he wasn't married, you know. Right. Goofy's paint and back and forth and like the wee drama. Yeah. He yeah. stayed there until the bed, until he had to move out, you know, he yeah. wasn't well in the end. Right, and yeah. over to the home and over. But Huey, he stayed here and, well, he lived till he was 94. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's that's very good going. 84. 
your schooling took place uh, here in a way. Um, when you came back here, what what do you remember of your schooling in your latter years in Tob? When I came back here, when I came back, I think I was putting a class lower. Yes. Probably see how, how you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then ended up jump, <laughs> jump, right. jump in the qualifying class, sitting my qualifying when I was a year. You know, that year I jumped. I was. I can't remember the. They used to give the qualifying was it six, seven. Then you jumped into the first. I can't remember right. what it was. I missed the top class in the qualifying class. You know. Oh. Jumped into the first year. Fantastic. And I got as far as the second year, and then. Mm -hmm. I was 14 year old and I left, I was leaving that summer when I was 15, you know. Wow. And where did yeah. you leave to go to? What was it, was that when you went to the army for national service or? At the, no, at 15 I went, at the, the, I was a year late going in actually, I was oh. 19, 19 year old before I went in. Right. Mm -hmm. So what did you do when you left school? Did you work as an apprentice to someone or? How did I go when I left? Oh, I left school, I came to work here. And that was a bakery. Ah. That was the peak. There was eight of us worked in there. So there must have been a heat. Of course, the building went right back to the wall there and yeah. right into the close a bit, you know. And uh, the loft, that bit was the, the loft. We used to pull up the flowers, you know. And, and the trap doors were opened as you pulled the bag oh, through, you know, and then fantastic. closed it. You shipped the flower. Oh. There was buildings out here. Yes. The other stuff was kept, the eggs and all that. You know. So I came here and... I was enjoying it with the, the head baker here. He went to his wig, you know, and he was teaching me everything. What was his name? Jamie Ennis. Okay. Jamie Ennis. And there was two Tubbermory ones. I look over because that's what they used to work in the corner. The big machines for making the dough. Yeah. That seemed to be what they were doing all the time. Yeah. They made the lovely rolls and the bread, you know. Oh. No wonder the recipes were lost, I think, when they went. Geem mm. and Beam. That was the two, that was their nicknames. I never knew their, their real names until later on. McNeely's, Jim McNeely's was Beam, man. Ah. I can't even remember now what the other fellow, Beam's name. He was kind of deaf, he had to shout, you know, <laughs> all the time. And was it a noisy environment anyway with all the machines? Well, you had all the machines going, but not too noisy, you know. Yeah. Just the, the mixers going around that. And was it early starts as well? Aye, yeah, it started. Well, someone should have start six o'clock, maybe a Friday, or, and uh, they they would be in during the night, you know, yeah. and then going away when I was coming in. Yeah. Some of the well, the game and women. There's a, another two women worked in there. There's Christine Harley and Annie McGuinness. Annie's out in Cyprus. That was Seamus and Seamus and uh, lived up the top of Victoria Street. Oh, yes, okay, the brothers. That's right, aye. Ah. That was their sister. Okay. She was in the same class as us two in school, you know. Right. And is she, she still on the go in Cyprus? She's in Cyprus, aye. Oh, gosh. She was coming home back, you know, when the boys were yeah, well and that. That's right, aye. She's seen me in the street the first time she came back. McLean, she, she could remember the McLean, you know. You're McLean. I said, of course, Alistair. <laughs> ah. <laughs> that was a good guess, wasn't aye. it? Of <laughs> course. <laughs> she knew me right away. That's brilliant. So what was the highlight of working here? What was the most wonderful thing? Was it a sausage roll? I mean, that's my own personal pie. pie. Right. <laughs> Describe the pie to me. What was it Do like? it with the pies. Lovely, so it was. Lovely pies. And <laughs> I shouldn't say that because it was me who had to 
the five shells, you know. Yeah, yeah. With a big machine for me, the five shells. And this thing, you took the rim off, you know. Right. And was it mutton oh, or beef? Sure. Was it? Uh, beef, aye, beef. Uh, mince all done up and the spread crumbs and all the different stuff went, you know. Oh. Oh. I think Christine used to do that, if I remember right. And then the man himself would, the head baker would check all the pie shells and you'd all the lids ready with a wee hole on the top, you know. And he would do all the rest, you know, filling the pies. Yeah. Put the lids on into the oven and take them out at the right time and all that. But he always gave me one with the camera. Superb. <laughs> no wonder I've done it. Perks of the job. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Uh, so, how long were you with the bakery? Well, I was only, that was uh, August I started. And uh, my father was in Oban working in the gasworks at the time. And he had a flat with the job. But we kept the flat going here. And oh, he wanted me over to open with him, so I said, but I'm a, you know, my friend's here and all. Mm. Wanted me so I had to go over, and that's when I joined Duthie in the pier and all, and the right. fish salesman. That just, must have been fascinating. It was great amongst all the boats landing and the fish. And that's where I learnt a lot about the fish and all the rest. What was, uh, what was in the catch then that's not in the catch now? What was coming ashore that we don't have now? Oh, you should still get most things yet, I think. Yeah, yeah. right. I would think, anyway. Fleming's full, brill, turbot, halibut, cod, hake, all that stuff, right. skate and... Yeah. Oh, wiener stuff. What was the... What hundreds were... and hundreds of boxes were landed then. Aye. And I had to wash them all. <laughs> oh, that reeking. That was one of my jobs with oh. Duffy, yeah. Running after them, giving them water, the boats water and yeah. and uh, stuff like that, you know. Store, a weird stores for them and take the stores over to them. And Were there any particular boats uh, that you remember with a, with affection and any captains or any crew that you think, ah, oh, great, they're in, we'll get a good crack? Was there anyone that stands out from them? Always. Well, he ended up, uh, I ended up working with him along with Robin on Robin's boat. When Robin he, Cow? Aye. Oh. The first big boat he got. Alex Smith was his name, and there was a, he, his family had a line boat. It was all lines, you know, bait, heron, yeah, yeah. baited lines. Yeah, yeah, long lines. And uh, Alec, uh, his brother, was the skipper on it. I think the father and the two brothers fished it. Alec was ashore or working in some other boat, you know. And... Uh, I got to know Alec very well and oh, used brilliant. to make sure he had plenty of boxes for his fish and yeah. water, you know, and everything. And uh, he always gave me a cod, you know. That's a bit of a bonus. Every time you come in, a lovely fresh cod off a line, you know. So there was this little shop around the corner from where we stayed. Mm -hmm. Tommy Buchanan was his name. It was a draper shop too, funny enough. And, uh, I used to buy the lovely jeans used to get in, navy blue jeans in there and shirts and that for my work. And he would say, Noel says, can you get me a cord? Oh, I said, I'll be able to get you a cord, all right. So he was getting the cord and I was getting 10 shillings off him for the cord. Fantastic. And then he used to, that was a good, that paid for my trousers and shirts and that. You know, I used to give him so much every week for them. Brilliant. He was a great lad too. So where was it you stayed in Oban when you were there? Uh, Twiddle Street. Or did you enjoy living in Oban after having lived in Tob? 
Pardon? Did you enjoy living in Oban after having left? Not at first, but I did eventually, right, you know. Right. When I left, uh, I left Duffy. That's when I went to the lobster boat and got wrecked, of course. <laughs> yes, aye, so you, that was before we were recording. So where a lot was... happened within a couple of years, you know, yeah. in my life then, yeah. So where was the, the lobster boat based from? Because we were saying this before it was recording. He always went to Oban to land the catch. And he could never keep a crew. This was him telling us himself. <laughs> I had to lose the boat with the best crew I ever had, he used to say, you know. Myself and another, another lad was from Bernays and Peter John McAllister. Okay, yes. Yeah, you probably yeah. heard of him. Yeah. And that was the crew. That was the crew when we got wrecked, myself, Peter John and, <coughs> and Lachie. Where were you wrecked, if you don't mind me asking? Just before you, we went ashore in Saligo Bay. Mm. We got the anchor out and the lifeboat took us off the boat, right, in the first. Gosh. Well, the bridge's boy, right, enough, but we've seen the lifeboat coming in. Thank goodness, because it would have been dipping the water, you know, oh, coming no, no. from the high hill down to the boat, you know. What was the name of the, the boat that was lost? Ila Boyach. Ila Boyach. Uh, okay. Bonnie Ailey. Uh. And she was based, was Port Charlotte? She was Port Charlotte, mm -hmm. that's right. Uh, uh. It's quite a shallow port as well, Port Charlotte. Uh, to come uh, yeah. That's the first place when I left Oban, when I was joined my first, I went to Port Charlotte to get all the gear and that, you know. Mm -hmm. How did you like Isla? The first thing I remember was the smell of peat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love yeah. the smell of peat. Mm. I like daily, you know, it's nice. I used to like Kalila some weekends, you know, mm. the distillery. Because Lachie used to get a bottle of the... The good stuff. The good stuff, right? Oh, man. I remember that day where the engines broke down the day we were out. He knew this bay went into it. was a narrow entrance, but we had a bit in. And we anchored there out of the swell. And it was a gale that day, westerly gale. And uh, on the way out, she's better put your life hatch on. By this time, the, the narrow gut into the bay was breaking, you know, white, you know. So we put our life jackets on and we don't get that bottle. <laughs> so we each got a glass of whiskey on. And on you went? And on out we went, but the engine wasn't going right. She, she made it out there and and once you got out into the teeth of it, yeah. it was just pushing her back towards the shore all the time. God. In the end... Myself and Peter John got the anchor ready rather than go ashore in the reef, you know. Yeah. And the anchor held, lucky enough. That was us until lifeboat came. Oh, goodness. The lifeboat went up in the swell and came down into it and was smashed. Oh, God. Smashed the gunnels too. Even smashed the lifeboat and also, if I remember right. Oh, that's brutal. And uh, the next time... He dropped his anchor, you know, and came in with a swirl like that. And when we were close, he jumped. Jump. Uh, yeah. Was she from Port Askig or where was Port she? Port Askig, uh, that's yeah. where we were taking to after that. God, that must have been terrible. What age were you at that, at that point? Were you? I was uh, 17 then. Uh, Good on, I was just over 16, I think it was at the time. Can't remember the month that was. Yeah. It might have been. I think it was 16 now, yeah. So what did you think <laughs> when the Ilevoich went, went, went? I came back down. home with my father and my brother, of course, he was, he'd been in the army. Yes. And he came out, you know, when, and he was staying with us in Oban at the time. He was working in the pier too, with fish, and amongst the fish, you know. And uh, I remember him telling me, she said, the police came to the door, and I don't know what time they came to the door, 
to tell them that I was safe and that, you know. Well, oh, that's okay, she says, as long as she's all right. And the policeman says, very lucky, she says, you could have been drowned. I don't know whether he thought the father's remark wasn't right, you know, or what. Goodness <laughs> sake. Where did you go after that? After that, okay, we stayed with Lackey for a wee while to, I don't know, oh, we got re-cutted in gear from uh -huh. the Fisherman Society thing. Oh, right. We came home and uh, I thought, what, what can you do now? I said, I don't know, I need to find a job somewhere. Yeah. There was a man from here, George Chalmers, the wool mill in Oban was going at the time. Yes. Yep. And uh, he came home this night, he said, I seen George, he's, you know, got a job, job in one of the looms, you know, changing the thing was at the end of the... Oh, wow. So I said, ah, that'll do fine then, anyway, you know, so I used to go up there. I was, I was two weeks in the job, because the first week I was working, the old man came over again, he said, I met the chief steward, and uh, you remember the fellow that used to be in the Hanwars, Davy Sampson? I said, yes. He was asking if you're... What in a job when the new boat has come round? That was a wee stumpy claymore, you know, wow. 1970, 19, what was it? 55, I think it was by wow. then. And uh, so I gave George a week's notice. <laughs> and Samson kept the job for me, you know, for, That's the, for the week. What was it like working on the claymore then? Oh, what, great. What were your together. roles on there? Fantastic. I was at sea, you know. Yeah, right. I was pantry boy, that's what I was, wasn't I? Was only, only pantry boy at the time. She was just new around yeah. on the on the run. One of my favourite stories is of, of of the boats uh, of that time is um, Charlie talking about <clears throat> the the fried eggs coming downstairs in the uh -huh. lock-in bar and how you know, they were perfectly <laughs> really boiling hot in the big pan coming <laughs> down there. Uh -huh. What sort of things were you doing in the pantry? What, what what roles? But did you have the knowledge of the bakery to kind of bolster your trade? What were you what, what were you doing? Well, I used to help the pantry man there too. You know. See, we make salads out, getting all oh. that stuff, you know, ready for them, and he would put it onto the plates and that. And of course, I had to wash all the dishes and that. Yeah. And you had to do the silver, all silver service these days. Yes, yeah. You had all that to do to, you'd fancy stuff to clean the silver. It used to burn your, oh, your fingerprints off. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. It wasn't me. Yeah. And, uh, well, that was great, you know, I've been at sea. There was a galley boy there. The galley and the pantry are on the same, the wood took up the wood to the ship, you yeah. know. The galley boy's on the other end, I was on this end. He did the pots and the pans and looking after the cook stuff, you know. Right. So did you stay aboard or did you get home? Yeah, I stayed aboard. Oh, uh, what was that like? Well, that was great too. Uh, it was quite a good pack. Uh, yeah. Great. And then when we got the second pantry boy, you know, there was two bunks. So you'd have eight in the room here then. And they're smashing rooms too. Yeah. Before then, on the Lachair and these boats, you had to go way down forward, down on Glory Hole, we called it. Oh. There's about ten of your bunks, you know. Oh. Right down the pits. Smelly. The boat, you know. yeah. We were there and the, the sailors had a wee bit further aft, you know. Yeah. Our hatch was happy and this was this feeling. Beside each other, more or less, you know. But <laughs> And we'll see in a wild night. Oh, <laughs> I got thrown out of the bunk one night coming really? back from the boys. So that was in the Lachairn. 
she was leaving. The first year she was in the run, just before the year it was up, she went back in, you know, for the usual thing when you yeah. vote and that. We got, we got put onto the Lahair and, oh. Yeah, the mention is quite a change, I've seen, for God's sake. <laughs> between the two boats. And aye, aye. We had a lovely room down the stair and then your own wardrobe and table and mirror and settee. And oh, your own world. Hot and cold water, you know, the thing. Shower around the corner. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. Uh, and was, it, it was. was it two weeks on, two weeks off, or was it... No, I was on? a year and a half in that boat, and I never had a day off. Oh, my... Never thought I'd take a day off. Really? Or holiday. No. no. I used to enjoy it that much in the boat. It's brilliant. You left over at six o'clock in the morning, and you ran up to Vermori. Yep. From Vermori to call Tyree, through on a sound, across the barra. Oh. Then the boys still. Oh. Left there at nine o'clock, half past nine. And you headed back to Barra, done the same on the way back in, the return journey. Lovely. I did that solid for a year and a half. Went oh, different poetry enough when yeah. they, they were going in getting repaired, you know. Oh, what a brilliant job. And different chief, chief shirts and that, you know, you got to know a lot of, a lot of people. Were there any characters that, that stay with you from that time at all? Uh, there was a, I think he ended up coxing in the, in the Ivy Life, but John McNeil. He was from Barra, oh, John McNeil. Forgive him. And uh, his, his son's at sea too, I think. Oh. And uh, I used to go, you know, at night when oil finished and the boat was tied up. He used to st he was studying for his tickets and I used to go in there. And I learned quite a bit from, oh. from John. Yeah. That would come in useful in later life, didn't it? Yeah. Two or three lines, they were good to tell me, teaching how to not do knots. And, Splicing and oh, uh -huh. yeah, because oh. eventually that's where I was wanting to get onto the onto the deck, you know. Mm. And is yes, it? <laughs> well, indeed. <clears throat> and is it at that point that you had to go for your national service? Uh, I paid off the Claymore and I rowed up another steward. And oh, sorry. The fellow took me on. The first receiver was in holiday at the time. Right. He seen me when he came back when I was on the pier. And he, He's kicking up places about it, you know, me, the pillar paying me off, you know, but anyway, it didn't matter, that was all over at the time. And uh, I paid off here. My father was still here. That was 1950, well into 57, right, you know. That's when my brother came back home from the, his service. So the thief was went back in Portmore. And then the old man disappeared again. <laughs> He went uh, along with Huey Carmichael mm -hmm. and Huey's first boat he had for the cargoes, you know, the, oh, okay. the monsoon it was called. And that's the boat he died on, a year later, 1958 he died. Sorry. Uh, well, if you don't mind me asking, what happened? Was it an well, accident? Or? Huey was telling us later, you know, after everything was settled and that. He got up to put on a cup of tea in the morning, you know, after the Aye. kettle, kettle in his hand. Dunk. Oh. Massive heart attack. Gosh. Yeah. That was it. So the police were over to her then, saying, sorry to tell you, your father died this morning. Yeah. I was looking at Don and I said, what the hell's going to happen now, you know? Yeah. So what did happen? Where did you go? What, what was... We had no money or nothing then, no. you know, and you had to get him back to him and bury him and from him and all the rest, you know. Yeah. 
And is he buried in Oban or is he buried no, here? No, he's buried up here. Oh, gosh. Uh, a lot of people never had money to put stones up in these days. I, I put a stone up in there when I was working at the time. Yeah. I said, well, I've got enough money now, we'll get a stone, you know. Yeah. Of course, by then, they're a good price, you know, the stones. But at least they've yeah. got a mark for them anyway, you know. My, um... And a young brother, he died six, six months old, young Harry. That's before my mother took bad. Nineteen, he was born nineteen forty-four, I think, and died six months later. Oh, from one year into the other, you know, type of thing. Yeah. October, November, December, March, or something like that. And just after that, she she had she had tuberculosis. Oh God, <coughs> what a curse that thing yeah. is. She ended up in the sanatorium. Of course. Which I said, my father was in the army at the time. Yeah, yeah. Was the sanatorium in Glasgow or outside? In Oban. In Oban, uh, right? I know, but, uh... Gosh, <sighs> not easy, not easy at all. So that was our journeys. Yes. So Back there, you know. And so after your father passed, is that what happened then? Where did you go after that? Was it... Oh, just worked locally, the two of us, myself and Donald. Right. And he met his future wife, you know. Fantastic, yeah. Well, he go to all the dances and all the rest. He dances nearly every night of the week. And who were the, the summertime. Who great. were the bands that you look forward to? Obviously, there's Bobby about. Oh, Bobby, and, Bobby, and Bobby Callie right as well. And, yeah. And the uh, Holmes and okay. Ian Holmes, I think it was. Oh, yeah, I heard that. And the, the band, uh, oh, other was a pal of Robert, a pal of Bobby's. Jimmy Blue. He used to come to, uh, yeah. uh, oh, hello, my mic. He's dead too now. He had a caravan, a caravan at the, the mission Scaroon. He used to come. Right. Oh, Seeing that caravan. Oh, for my mate. There's Ian Down, eh? Yep, heard that name in the uh, past, yeah. Aye. Powery. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, and you used to get a lot of these, uh, Logan, you know, Logan, the comedian and that. You Jimmy Logan? These shows up here too, eh? I didn't know that Jimmy Logan came here, gosh. And way back, uh, what's that, oh, like, well, wifey Harry Lauder, her name, you know. Goodness me, uh, gosh. Jimmy Logan was extraordinary. He was a very uh, fine straight actor as well. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I saw him when I was a young man. Uh, in fact, not even young, I was a boy. I was 14, 15 maybe. 14, I think, um, he did a play called The Big Picnic uh -huh. about the First World War, and it was sitting in the Harland and Wolfshed on the Clydeside, uh -huh. and it was amazing. It was extraordinary. It was fantastic. Really, oh, yeah. just brilliant. It was really... There was a big fellow, I'm smart, I think his name was. He, oh, aye. He was his kind of sidekick. Yeah. He used to play the wee... Remember the wee mouth organ? He used to... Inside his mouth, you know? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I remember that as well, watching that one night. One of the shows I was at. Great. Oh, it was great to worry then. It was fantastic concerts and dances. There's two good people running at Hugh Kane and, and John Pallachan, as I called them. Oh, John. yes, yes, from the, the Highland Games. Exchange, aye, yeah. that's right. Yeah. They looked after the Highland Games, you know. Right. And they ran all these things in, in aid of the games, you know, all these yeah. things. What and did the games mean to you when you were younger? Oh, the games was great too. We used to, my father used to take us up when we came back from the Bridge of Ian, he used to take us up to 
Amesday, you never missed it. Mm. I couldn't tell you when the, the last one I was at now, right, you know. It's been a few years for myself, I must go this year. Being at the fishing and missing, you know. Yeah, of course. And all that. Your national service, you said, it took you to the para boats. Um, is that right? You were in the para boats with the uh, national service. National service. Yeah. No, I was in. Uh, uh, I was trying to get into the the navy actually. Oh right, okay. I mean, to into the sea, of course. You know, mm -hmm. oh, your national service, no chance of getting into the navy, you know. So. Right. Oh. That well, I. That's what I was told. So. Oh. Uh, what now? What? What do you want to go into? The army, then it'll be their gales. All right, of course, yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, no vacancies in their gales. You're getting put into the, the sea force. Oof, Mackenzie's no less. The sea force. So <laughs> up to Fort George I went for my training and. Gosh, Fort George is an extraordinary space. You got inside here, nothing but buildings, a big wall around yes. you. <laughs> you couldn't see it. Right. That's the history of Fort George is. Uh, that's the empire pushing oh, down. Right. It's, uh, Gosh, how was it training there? What was it like? I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my two years, the way it happened, you know. And were you stationed uh, in yeah, Scotland? Since, or since you... the training was finished, I went to Germany. Oh, brilliant. Where Munch, were you in Germany? Munster. Amazing. Oxford Barracks in Munster. How was uh, that? Oh, great. Uh, getting down to Munster itself. Yeah. Then you'd organise quits and breaks and that you'd get, you know, like long weekends, you know. We'd organise bus trips to Amsterdam, Belgium, Luxembourg. Fantastic. You know, it's great. Yeah, that's oh, what, stuff of dreams, yeah. It, was there anywhere that... Sorry. had two good friends and we always stuck together. You know, used to go to all these places together. But was there anywhere that stuck in your mind, particularly Luxembourg or Amsterdam or...? Well, Luxembourg was nice, you know. Yeah. Amsterdam, I loved Holland, you know. Yeah. So clean then, you know, yeah, lovely, yeah, lovely, yeah. clean. I met so many lovely Dutch and people. And the big books and women's and canals. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I ever went in, right, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying Used in. to see them hanging out, showing themselves, right, you know. Yes. Good day. Hello, yeah. Yeah. come up tonight. We <laughs> <laughs> found a nice pub, right, you know, it was called American Bar, it was called. And, uh, I remember we clubbed together and bought a half bottle of Johnny Walker's. Oh, aye. So we're buying the beer and... Uh, topping it up, uh, yes. Having the whiskey, you know. Oh. Yeah, it's in a wee bit of mood, you know. The dancing. <laughs> it was uh, oh, a great day out, you know. Where did you go after your national service? Well, uh, when I was 1959, out in... 1959, 60, I was out in Germany. Mm -hmm. And they were amalgamating with the, the Camerons. All right, Cameron Hilders, yeah. So the National Service men that were in both crews got split up, uh, Argyles and uh, Black Watch and all the rest. Mm -hmm. And who did I get put into the Black Watch? Interesting. And where were they? Cyprus. <laughs> oh, goodness. And that's the time of conflict in Cyprus, very much so. Just after I left, it started. But uh, it started right enough before I left. But uh, we came home and, and uh, 
fortnight in the barracks in Perth to see if we're up to scratch, you know, of course mm. we were, you know, straight. So that was fine. Since set us to work demolishing, because they were getting, they were losing it in that barracks too, you know, mm. because they were extend the corner. Mm. And uh, we were demolishing all the old nursing huts, you know, not demolishing the huts, but yeah, stuff inside, you know, oh, yeah. clearing them out for them. And they thanked us for doing the job and sent us to leave again. <laughs> so we came back and off we went to Cyprus, flown out to Cyprus. Oh, I remember the land there for the heat, you know. I was going to ask you. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah. You only were on duty half the day, the other half you went away swimming. Oh. <laughs> One full working day was a Thursday, I remember that. You might have been in some training exercise out the barracks altogether, you know, yeah. climbing the hills and all the rest. Oh, but it was too hot for every day, you know. Yeah. Well, it was great, fantastic. Yeah. Couldn't have landed in that better two years. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And did you come home to Tob after that? When, when I was out there, my brother wrote, well, I was, before I went in, when I was here, before I went in, I'd gone, I'd been with John here, and I was back with John, and Alec Cow at the mm-hmm. hotel came over to John to see if I would go back, go fishing with Robin. Mm. Because I think his son-in-law was in the boat and Alistair, mm-hmm. that was the three of them that was in the boat. Mm-hmm. And he was to do with the, you know, the machines, all of the BT stuff I had away on top of Kerfu or all that. Oh, yeah. Radar station stuff. Oh, right, yeah. OK, yeah. And he was recalled to do, he recalled back to base, you know, more or less, wherever he was based. In. And uh, John says, ah, you can have him. So off I went. And after a few weeks here, then I got called up for National Service. Right, yeah. But, yeah, uh, like Cow tried to get me off, you know, because fishermen yeah, yeah. could get off with just a fortnight, a year training, you know, with the oh. Navy. Oh. And, uh, no, it was too late, so. Okay. I, as I said, I'd missed two years of my life very near. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. It's great, eh? And then so it's straight back out into the water? Eh? Yeah. Was it straight back out so, into the water? So after? when I came back, well, as I said, when I was in Cyprus, my brother wrote saying that I like how said there's a job in the boat waiting for you when you come back. Of course, I'd been with him when I left, you know. And here it was a different boat he had. It was a bigger boat that, that when I was telling you the Oak League, Alex Smith and right. Campbell Reed were on it. Mm. And we used to do the herring and trawling and lobster fishing too. Mm. So it was great. I was with Robin for a few years. And what happened then? I came ashore to work again then. Where was I working? I was working at the... Oh, the time was going on then. I was working at the pier at King New, the new pier. Now, that's and, very interesting. Was, were you involved in the construction of it? Uh-huh, aye. And that was a great job too, a great, interesting job. You Can know? you tell me, because I know friend John Mon's particularly interested in, in this. Um, John, I know yeah, John. Aye, uh, so he was, his father was the... The big boss down there. What was the, what was that job like? What were what was the nature of the work that you were doing? Were you working on the big pile? I was with the like? pier gang, I with the piles and the mm. and all the wood. You know, when it came to the time for the wood and that, I was along with that gang, getting the piles round and getting them into position. The big tubes were in first, mm-hmm. and the cement, liquid kind of cement stuff, got poured in, and the big pile came round. And, 
Lord and I always remember there's a another pipe, BG pump used to call it. This pipe used to get screwed in and it must be more cement getting pressed in, you And uh, it was driven down, driven down until you hit the heart, you know, as far as it would go. You'd, how you mark yellow chalk, mm. how many times say that was a line there, you know. Yeah. You'd see it going down, 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 you know, it's like a stick new path. If it wouldn't move anymore, that was it. And then you had to jig it around the cement pile, the bit that was left, you know. Yeah. Until it left, a, you know, the reinforcing rod sticking up near. Yes. That happened on both sides. Okay. And then a, the concrete beams were made away up in the yard. And uh -huh. They were taken down. No, no, they weren't. It was, it was a shutter and it was taken down and placed over that. Uh -huh. And during us coming in, did all the kind of shutter and stuff, but needed to be done to stop the cement going through. And then the big skips used to take the cement round into the Can shutter, and you know, for all the yeah. wire and yep. rods and all that. The steel gang did all that. That's the way it was going. Where was the yard for it? Was it in front of, uh, was it the, where the buses are now? Is that where they That's are? right, uh, just along the seawall there. Yeah. Uh, that's where all the piles and, and that means. Uh, well, cages were made, beam cages were made. And how long was the did the job take? Was it a couple of years or was it a year? Or? Well, I, when I went there, there was about maybe four or six piles already, you know, right. out had one bit of decking on it. Right. Once you got so many piles out, you had a big day pouring the deck. Mm. Uh, of course, all the joiners had that all shut their dread, you know. Perfect, yeah. And the steel men had all the steel work in. And the big day was a pouring day for us, you know, and you had to, had to be all there for that. Yeah. And that just went out and out and out like that. <laughs> so there's no one buried in there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Two fell in the water, you know. Oh, no! Jeez. You just go down on a raft and, oh. and shuttle, uh, oh, yeah. shuttle after the decks were done and that, you know. Right. And, of course, they're after moving, you're moving back, you know, working. Splash. Splash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> Who, so who were the crew that you were working with? Who was all in your gang? Well, Charlie, Charlie Hogg, and Ian Hogg were there. Right. And uh, my brother was working there too, but he was in a different set, different gang, right? Uh, Ian and myself, and there was a big fella jock. He used to be a woodcutter. He was, he was the one who used to cut the piles off and all the rest. Right. Of and. Uh, who else was in that gang? There wasn't a lot in that thing, there were maybe about four of us, you know. And, uh, Must have been some sense of achievement once it was done. Uh-huh. Then when you went to the wood, you know, shaping the, the piles, was getting screwed onto the board and the holes and all the rest. You know, Ian, Ian Hogg used to do most of that. We'd be giving them a hand and all that, you know, two or three of us. And that was another raft day too, you know. There's an Irish man that was an old steam crane, you know. Oh, and he used to let you go quick and then whoosh, you'd hit the water. The water would spurt up from the yeah. the big logs, you know. And just doing it for devilment, you know. The hell of a boy. <laughs> Tam Flynn was his name. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, something <clears throat> that's something I'd very much like to know more of as well. There are many more stories to be told of the pier being built as well, I understand. At what point did you start working with the other Alistair, Alistair McLean? When did you start working with him? That was, uh, when did I start? 
When I left the pier and called, the pier and, and actually you knew where it was finished and we all got paid off, I was taken back on again to demolish all the huts and take them out to call, pier and call was starting. Oh, okay. So I got the job with them there, so. Right. So I was working there for a, a good while, you know, a good few months. How did you like living in call? Call was great too, I loved call, eh? Uh, and, uh, what happened in Cole? Oh, I had an argument with this fella. It was in the pier, because you knew it. And he came out with an argument in the billet one night. And I knocked him against the window, and the window broke. And he joined me with a fuss of it, you know. And the boss heard the hammer of the window, you know, putting the new glass on. Oh, them, and they're fighting, he was saying to him. Them. And he came in to me, and he says, I'm afraid I'll have to pay you off. Oh, so. Mm -hmm. What did I do? I got paid off. And I came home, and that's when I joined Alistair's. Uh, must have heard, you know, I was back. And last time I'd go with him, he's thinking of getting a boat. I said, aye, I'd be right, I'll go. Fantastic. So, himself. Which was that one? Which was the. Vanks Beauty. Okay. Came across from Miley. He bought it in Miley. He saved up all, the, all his money to buy that. And uh, he used to work, at that time he was working at the hairs and fence and that. In fact, before we got the boat, I was finishing off the pension, you know, that contract he had with him, you know. And uh, then himself, his uncle Peter, mm -hmm. myself, went to Campbellton to collect the boat. It was a uh, Christmas Eve, we came up the sound back with the boat. It was late and coming across because of bad weather again. And of course, when we hit the sound of mill, what happened? Snowstorm. <laughs> and the boat was in an awful mess, you know. Yeah. Nothing was fixed. There was a compass and it wasn't fixed. No lights. Oh, dear. Nothing like that at all, so. Oh, goodness. You know, a match or whatever we had at the time. Seen the course, you know. Alistair's in the hill most of the whole way up. And it was... You couldn't see a thing. And there was this other boat left uh, Camelton with us, and he was trailing us up the whole way. Uh, we convinced him, or he came in behind us. And he says, Good job you're in front of us, I've never found my way up. And he had deck a navigating too, you know, plot that on yeah. board at the time. They had just bought that boat too. And Gosh. I, don't, I can't remember where it was further north they were going, right, you know. There's some skill, though, to do that Aye. in that kind of weather. Goodness. But all Alistair had was the old compass, you know. And, Strike the light down again to the sea for on course, you know. Because it was just thick yeah, and blizzardy stuff, you know. It cleared by the time we got up to Tavernmore, you know. You see the lights to get round Calvile, and you know, that was a bad place. Winter night, too. How did that feel coming in to. Oh, that was good. We got uh, the boat in and got tore into it, got we never painted it, I don't think we painted it. We did the forecastle all out. And the engine was stripped right down and rebuilt. Here and in the island? Or, uh, here, it was Alec Matheson. I remember okay. Alec. Yeah. He worked with McGill, Duncan McGill at the time. Uh, right. And uh, him and Alistair did it. Wow. And me and this other chap uh, took on. Well, he actually worked in at that time. He was giving me a hand down the forecastle now. The folks were lovely wood in the folks, it was all painted silver. Mm. 
So we scraped it all back to nice wood, you know, varnished it all. And it was looking lovely again. Got a clock for it, a new ship's clock. Mm -hmm. And with that, and the engine done, and anything like that, you know, maintenance all done, and off we went to the lobster fishing. That was a bad winter too, I can oh. tell you. What? Bad, bad winter. Oh, Lost a lot of gear that first year. Did you have to do the creoles yourself as well? Were you working and making creoles? Nah, we used to make the creoles, Alistair would do the eyes, you know. The, yeah. He was the eye man, he put the eyes into the creoles. Where were you staying at that time? Were you in Portmore again? Or were you I was in Portmore, still in Portmore, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not a long commute to work then? No, no, no just along the street to the pier. Right? Handy for that. And what, was, what were the highlights of working with? With Alistair and, and being on at sea, what what over the years? Because how many years were you with Alistair? Oh, I don't know. Long I was with Alistair now. Must be near four years with Alistair right. before I don't know where I went after. Oh, I went in another boat. I think it was. Mm. Uh, oh, great! It was great. I, well, Alistair too. That was lobster fishing was our thing, you know. Really, mm -hmm. we went to all the later on. You know, we went to the prawn fishing and all. Oh, I was going to say sardines here, sprats. Sprats, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sprat fishing, herring fishing, which I was, I'd been at with Robin, right enough, the uh, ring net that was we had then, the ring net fishing, and trawling and the lobsters. And it's my big Ian MacDonald and the fair maid. Oh, aye. At the lobsters. She was going to the lobsters, so that'll do me, you know. So you've... You so the minute you changed back to the other fish, now you came ashore. Myself and this other chap did a boat for for Cameron's father. He had uh, silver crest and we do not trolling for prawns. Which did you prefer, lobsters or prawns? Like well, lo lobsters, definitely lobster fishing. What is it about? Is it just the nature? Oh, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, you know, with the trolling, you're trolling up a stretch and that. Yeah. The lobsters are round out the shore and you're changing every other day, you know, to a new bit place and getting ashore for walks and yeah. exploring all the islands, you know. Just great. Did you have any favourite places that where people didn't go, like, um, I don't know, one of the Carnabergs or anything like that? Where, where were the places? Ah, Tristan's Islands, aye, yeah. Tristan's Islands was a, a good favourite of ours. Then we across the call when you could, you know, yeah. to the west side of call. Oh, the west side's amazing, just beaches galore. That's why you've gone to Arnagore and... Yes, there's a hotel, of course, a hostelry, yeah. yeah. A well-regarded hostelry. And I've seen us lying in Gomorrah Harbour, North, Ar North, North Harbour. Oh, it's nice in there, yeah. Aye, that was a smashing of Yankees. And the valley boats were down here fishing at the same time, there was about six of them. And the Cayleys we used to have, you know, going to tight alongside each other. And uh, years later, we used to remember the Kipper Cayleys. They, they used to take the Kippers down from Malig, you know. Of course. And they uh, would go down for a session in this boat. And he'd call in here on his way around, get a case of whiskey and a couple of cases of beer, you know. Jim, Jimmy H. was his name, a great man altogether. And uh, one of the lads with the other boat, he'd be frying the Kippers, you know, and we'd be having the Kippers and a good drama and a good blether, you know. Great times. Or else it might be just Robin 
on the viewer, I think it was at the time, and Alice, the wee on the Max Beauty. And we played that way, and it was a long night, so we could have gone for the winter time. Somebody said, Come on, we'll go to call. So it'd be, it was a permanent moor, and it was North Hartwell had then, so we'd just slip the rope off, and we would go over oh. all onto the one boat, you know, wait to, wait to call for Lovely. a wee session and drop back out here and come back in the morning. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, and how long were you at sea for? What is it? Quite a few years. Oh, yeah, about fourteen, fifteen years, I think. Right, I, okay. I did the fishing, you know. I was ashore maybe a few months, you know, yeah. a shore job in between yeah. sometimes, you know. I remember I was at the houses in Salon down at the pier there, started building that way. Right. With Carmichael. Uh huh. Yeah. I was there for a some career, my goodness. Uh-huh. That's what you think. People say, oh, you seem to be everywhere, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How do you manage to do all that, you know? Goodness me. I think I've just pulled their leg or something, but that's just the way things happen. You're out of one job, you're into another, you know. Yeah. Well, that, that makes me ask the question, how did you end up living here, behind the Texas buildings? How did you get to, to be here? Well, I was in Portmore and... and uh, the other Portmore up from McFarland's shop at the back here, there was a wee cottage here, and, Cameron and the boys all had it, you know, it should be a store. And they did it up as a little cottage again. And I heard it was for sale. And, well, I'd saved up enough to buy my first free house, you know, so since that's what I'm going to do. I'll try for it anyway, so I tried for it and I got it. <laughs> so I left Portmore after about... <coughs> family had been in it since 1933, I think. Mm. And I left it in 1990. 1992, Gosh. and I was three and a half years in that wee cottage right. when this one came up, Norris. Mm. And of course the garden was with it, and I never had a garden. I always wanted a garden too, you know. Fantastic. So I tried for this one and I got it. Brilliant. I've been in this ever since. That was 1985, I think. Well, that's fantastic. But the story was, I'd been working here as a, an apprentice baker a lot of time before, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it was Norrie that did the refurbishment of it? Norrie refurbished it, eh? Oh, my gosh. He took a bit off and put a store for the back shop, for the silver shop. Because we used to go in by the that door inside the clothes, see, right. that was our entrance into the bakery. There was no door here, it was just a big window there, I think I remember right. And up this end, of course, it was closed. Mm -hmm. The bakery and the big ovens were at the top there. Well, that's brilliant. That's you've given me an hour, an hour and a quarter of absolutely amazing stuff. That's great. Is there anything, um, anything you wanted to say at all about your memories of living here, or anything, anything about um, the characters of of the past, or anything at all? Oh, what a character, you know. Oh no, just been a great place. You no, know, never have left it. You know. Yeah. Even when I was in the army and at sea, at that you always thought of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I always thought of who. Thank you so much for your time, Alistair. You bring the past back to life with such great warmth and clarity. There are so many people who are mentioned in our chat and I know that their families and friends will be delighted to hear them remembered with such affection. Thank you so much. 
as I mentioned earlier, it'd be really great if you could leave a rating or review for the podcast on whichever platform you listen to. And also, if you wanted to support the podcast and the archiving project, as it does take, I think the technical term is a hood of a long time to do, um, please feel free to click on the donate tab on whatwedointhewinter.com. But Obviously, as the cost of living crisis and just the horror of everything just carries on, don't worry if you're not able to or you don't want to. I'd, I'd much rather you came along with us for the, the journey than not. And on that note, thank you so much to our monthly supporters. It's, I know I say it every time, uh, genuinely, but thank you so much. It really means so much to me. And thank you especially to Roz for your donation recently. Thank you so much. That was most kind. Well, thank you so much for listening. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Take care, wherever you are. Mourin' thang. Shinakate.